0: Hello, welcome to the monthly SkillBytes show, where we share information that is geared to helping you succeed in your business. This is Judy Weintraub, CEO of SkillBytes and host of this show. If you want to position yourself as an expert, one of the best ways to do that is to become a published author. SkillBytes' author platform provides the easiest way to get a book written and published. Hello, everybody. This is Judy Weintraub, and I am excited to introduce our guest today is Mitchell Levy. Mitchell is a two-times TEDx speaker and an international best-selling author of over 60 books. After interviewing 500 thought leaders on credibility He published a book called Credibility Nation, which became a seven-country international best-selling book. He has also delivered a TEDx talk titled, We Are Losing Our Humanity, and I'm Tired of Watching It Happen. He's also created courses, and he created the Credibility Nation Membership Community to help members find their purpose and align themselves with it online and offline. Mitchell is a sought after speaker and an accomplished entrepreneur who has created 20 businesses in Silicon Valley, including four publishing companies that have published over 750 books. He's provided strategic consulting to hundreds of companies and he's been the chairman of the board of a NASDAQ listed company. So Mitchell, I'm so pleased to have you with us on the Skillbyte show.
1: Judy, it's always fun to talk to you, regardless of what we're, where we are and what we're talking about. But here I am. You're, you're spreading some of my cred dust by having me on your show. I appreciate it.
0: Ah, well, I'm delighted that you're here with us and would like to start off having you tell us your backstory. How did you get into publishing and starting 20 businesses?
1: So I was, uh, I've been in Silicon Valley for 35 years and for, I think about 10 of them. Ah, no, I take that back. So the, the <laughs> so I came out here thinking Silicon Valley was, the streets were paved in gold. And so any, any startup company you go to it's everything's going to be amazing. And that first year I, uh, I went to a startup company Uh And they had three foundational areas they were focused on. And two of the three were bad. It's possible that one by bad, meaning it just didn't fit the marketplace. It wasn't. So they got funded. And a year later, they were out of money. And so I had to figure out what to do next. And at that time, I actually listened to my parents. And they said, go to a big company that has lots of things going on and you get to figure out what's next. They didn't say, which by the way, was equally and potentially more important is you get to build a network you use for the rest of your life. So I spent nine years at Sun Microsystems and uh, doing the dot-com days, since Sun was one of those companies that helped propel uh, the internet in its, in its early days. And I was doing for the last three years. I was running the e-commerce component of Sun Microsystems' uh, supply chain during the dot-com days. It was just so much opportunity. I could not. Uh, I could not miss the opportunity of being a a uh, parallel entrepreneur. And so, in '97, I started my own uh, my first business, and then kept growing and building from there.
0: Okay. Wow. Very good. How did you go from that into your venture on credibility?
1: So a series, uh, starting in 97, uh, I was doing strategic consulting uh, in the, at the time it was called e-commerce, uh, later on uh, in today's world, it's more like e-business, it was how to use the internet internet. Uh, inside your business talking directly to customers having your supply chain uh manufacturing your subcomponent manufacturers drop ship directly to your customers so i did a lot in the e-commerce space i ran was tapped to run four conferences for the largest conference company uh, during that time which was comdex i ended up running four different executive business programs for silicon valley universities and one of my students from one of those programs came to, me, came to me one day and said, Mitchell, I'm starting a CEO networking group. I tried it before. It didn't work. I want to do it again. And I need you. So here's a third of the company. And uh, there was one other partner. Here's a third of the company. We're going to split it three ways. And you don't have to do any work. Now, I was naive enough at the time to actually real to think that I could just share my network and it wasn't any work. What I realized right away um, is that you have to work hard, or play hard, or interact hard to actually share your network. Um, so I ended up uh, I was the one who brought in the most revenue, and and we ended up running. I ran for four of those groups for uh, for a decade, and then the dot the dot bus came. And uh, when that happened, uh, I I started thinking about things to do, and in 2005 I started my first publishing company, and so that's that was a good run for a long time. Um, along the way, I was asked to join the the board of a public firm, and 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 lots of basically what I do is I, I meet people I like, they either have a need that I can solve or they're a partner that I could start a business with. And so typically, Judy, the coolest thing that I like doing is you, if there's somebody that you want to do business with, you agree on what you might be able to do and you pick up your first client. It doesn't become a real company until you've gotten your first client because it's after you do your first client and you still like working together that you put whatever contracts you want to put in place. And if I don't feel that a handshake is a good enough business relationship, Uh, I wouldn't have started the business with them in the first place. Uh, So as a publisher, uh, lots of successful titles, lots of great authors, great experiences. And by the time 2019, I'm fast forwarding, skipping a bunch of stuff in the middle, which is life. Um, By the time 2019 came around and the democratization of book publishing, I realized I needed a a much more focused specialty i mean i've been working with coaching supporting uh thought leaders uh since since my early days um even actually at sun but as an entrepreneur and so one morning somewhere in 2019 i woke up and napoleon hill was in my head and just as napoleon hill interviewed 500 millionaires to come up with think and grow rich Mitchell Levy was going to interview 500 thought leaders to understand what credibility was. And what I was thinking, Judy, is that I was going to interview the 500 and produce a book. And that's, that was it, right? I'd be done. And I'd have a little bit of specialty and I'd do something else, but I ended up getting a significant life purpose out of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what just for those, the, the TEDx is fun worth, worth watching. the. What ended up happening is, it was crazy, actually. 98% of the people who I interviewed could not articulate the simple, the simple comment of who do you serve and how do you serve them? Or what I, what I do, I actually call that a CPOP, a customer point of possibilities. 98% of people cannot articulate in 10 words or less their CPOP. And, I'm really good at it. I've now done it over a thousand times. And I believe I could teach other people. Uh, someone like you, your style, your support, your approach could, when I create a certified CPOP specialized pro- specialist program, you'd be someone who would be good at that. Because oftentimes the for people who are, who are helping others with books, the title of your book is your CPOP. Because it gives you credibility, ownership, opportunity to be um, Recognize as someone who has expertise in a particular area, and uh, so, so the uh, the other things that ended up happening during the interviews. This is really nuts. Um, some people did not come prepared. Um, it turned out that two percent of the people didn't show, so that's complete lack of integrity. Twenty three percent of the people ended up coming late. Now. Um, I was a little later than I wanted to when you and I started talking because I came five minutes early. i normally like to get there at 10. I just couldn't get the the person I was on the phone with off the phone, right? So I felt like I was late and you were kind. You didn't say anything. There were people late to me I defined as within, if you're doing a live show, it's within three minutes of the hour. And uh, and so 23% of the people went late. But Judy, what was really crazy to me, 4% of the people, I was doing a live interview, Mm -hmm. Um, 4% of the people came after the hour, they came after the start of their interview. And so I I often will wonder, or when I say this out loud, so imagine you're going to be interviewed by the global credibility expert on your credibility and you think it's credible to to come after the live start date for your interview. So anyhow, it, it turned out that if I can teach others how to create a CPOP and they can learn and teach others after that, there are a lot of other things we haven't been taught about credibility, like coming early to your live interview and, and showing that you have respect for others. And, uh, and so I ended up about 95% of the way through with the interviews recognizing that I had a bigger life goal. And that was to help people become more credible, to tip the scale between those in the world that are credible. And then I ended up calling the opposite of credible dubious. So to tip the scale between credible and dubious.
0: Huh. Okay. So what how do you define credibility? What are some of the major components that you've learned about credibility?
1: So well, first I'll break it into a bigger uh, bigger uh, three, there are three pillars of credibility. And so okay. the definition would be credibility is the quality in which you're trusted, known, and liked. And within those three pillars, there are 10 values. So for instance, being trusted is is being authentic. It is having external integrity so people can can see who you are and how you show up. It's it's being vulnerable, and and one of the I think one of the core elements of of being trustworthy is being coachable. You often know those know-it-alls. know it alls. Knows know it alls to me are not are not trustworthy. Or the CEO that doesn't listen to their employees. To me, that lack of external or or that lack of of not being coachable is really not trustworthy. Under being known, there's four. The one that's most Uh, important in terms of what I see is, is being a servant leader. So being of service to others. There's also the intent and commitment to do the right thing. And then the, the, the fourth value, which is fascinating is internal integrity. So what I, I'll jump off for a second. I'll come back to the being likable because this is worth watching and listening to. There are two values or two things you could do to be likable. So when I was doing the interviews, the word integrity kept popping up enough that it's the only value that appears twice. And what I will say is that when I published the book, when I did my TEDx, I still did not know why it was there twice. I just knew that it was integrity under being trustworthy. There was integrity under being known. And I don't know if you know a woman by the name of Cheryl Lynn. Cheryl actually, she, her focus in life is joy. And so at the end of a conversation, she said to me, Mitchell, do you realize that happiness is on the outside and joy is on the inside? And I go, oh, I, it was like one of those aha moments like, oh my God, that's, that's so profound. I woke up the next morning and I knew why integrity, integrity was there twice. Under being trustworthy, it's what you show the world, politicians. Uh, CEOs show an external level of integrity that needs to be seen. Under being known as people get to know you. So it's not that they know of you, it's that they know you. So as they get to know you, if you're doing things that show a lack of internal integrity, like silly things like cheating on your diet, uh, not so silly, cheating on your spouse or cheating on your taxes. So as you do things that show you have less internal integrity, as people get to know you, it affects everything, including their perception of your external integrity. So anyway, that was interesting. It was, it was Cheryl Lynn who gave me that aha moment uh, in a very nicely indirect way. Hmm. And then, and I'll share the last one, which is being likable. The most simplest thing in the world to be likable. I mean, you'll love this. One, share your stage. You're doing this right now by giving me, you know, your book publisher. One of my companies is a book publishing company. You don't need to give me your, sh- your stage, but we still like each other, right? And you're, yeah. you're spreading my cred dust, right? Cred dust is, it's a, one of those words I came up with as part of the interviews. Cred dust is that sparkle that happens when you share somebody else's ideas, thoughts, and actions. So one, share your stage. And two, show respect. So to me, showing respect is coming early, coming prepared, coming with your heart. And it's about as simple as that. If you want to be likable, just you know, help others be successful and show them respect. And I know it sounds really simple. And for many of us, mom or grandma told, told us these things when we started working or when we were born. But then, of course, when we start working, we somehow may have bosses or companies that stop us from doing that and, and quote, unquote, life gets in the way. So this is just a reminder. If you want to be likable, um, share your stage and show respect.
0: So you basically take the "no like, and trust um, phrase and break that down into the different values. And that's what comprises credibility. Interesting. But you reverse the order and you put the trust first.
1: Yeah. I'm going to say I, well, I reversed. I, I didn't Well, that was the second thing that I did when I finished the research, I used no like trust because that's what people know. I thought, Hey, this is, let's use something that's already existing. And then as I started presenting I my the pillars of credibility was no like trust and I'd say I know it says no first but but really trust is first and then you know and uh, and so I kept I it was about somewhere between six to nine months I kept telling people that that's not the order and then I had my team change it even though I haven't updated the book yeah uh, huh. dude this is easy to put your arms around so um, ah. Great example. Let's use both you and I. Somebody needs to get their book published. In some, in some, there could be some authors where you and I are both really spot-on competitors with each other in different ways. What are they going to do? If they and if, if there's a list, and if there's a list of of, let's say five of us, they're going to give us three to five seconds when they go to our website to determine if they trust us enough to wanna to then spend a little bit more time with us. So five seconds, you go to your web, somebody's webpage, five seconds. If there's enough there to go, yeah, this person might be able to help me, then they'll give you another 30 to 50 seconds to get to know you a little bit better. As they're getting to know you, you end up with your webpage and how you, how you create things, you end up building a little bit of, of trust you may also be building a little bit of like. And if you then pass that one-minute test, then you might get some more time. And, and the goal that both you and I will have is, hey, let's book time on the calendar. Will this be a worthwhile opportunity to spend time with Judy or spend time with Mitchell? And so that's why it's always trust first. If you get to somebody's webpage that's so crappy, particularly publishers should not have crappy web pages. You get to somebody's webpage that's so crappy. By the way, one of my hints with publishers is I always look at the bottom of the page to see if the copyright's the most current year, because if it's not the current year, I don't accept the, co- you know, I'm sorry. I don't do things for myself that I do for my clients, but I, the, I'm a big fan of, 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 of looking at that, but that's why it's trust, no, like, and uh, it, it's just the way human nature is. Okay.
0: Now i um... You also say that credibility starts with clarity, and without clarity, you're not credible. So explain how you came up with that concept.
1: you know the the thing that's fascinating to me, if you put ten people in the room and you you, ah, let's do a different one. I'll come back to that. You ever been to these networking events where people stand up and they have 30 seconds and at least 20 percent, you got to get the hook and pull them off after they're they're still going on for a minute. And there's always the favorite person who who's a big sponsor in the past and he gets two or three minutes, even though it really should be 30 seconds. Just so you know, I think that's you disrespecting. Those in the audience, if you have 30 seconds and you do more than that, you're disrespecting the audience and you're disrespecting the host. Okay. Um, So go back to the uh, original thought. When you say to people, Hey, who are you? What do you do? You get to a networking event and and who are you? What do you do? And, and sometimes it may take people 15 minutes to unpack who they are and all the stuff they're doing. Now, you might say after a while you could figure it out, but I think the lack of clarity of being able to quickly articulate who you are and how you serve is, is one of those things that make you less of a expert because it takes you so long to explain yourself. And, and as a result, there's so many uh, with, with, the internet and the camera and the the telephone anywhere in the in the globe your competition is global not just not just in the u.s or not just in your town and so what i often see happening is if within the first five or ten seconds of a conversation you can articulate the playground you play in now i say those words exactly because if you don't love what you do, let's say you had two people, uh, you and I, once again, you and I, if 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 somebody wanted to um, uh, do a book with either of us, and it, let's assume everything else is the same, our end product is similar, we do so much different stuff, but let's just assume the end product similar, the experience is, is similar, you know, but but if it turns out that one of us is not as clear of what the end product is or we one of us takes longer, this is really, by the way, a bad example. I shouldn't have used us because uh, I don't mean anything with you and I. Um, but if, if two, two competitors are actually talking and one person just quickly gets to the point and you understand it and, and by the way, has fun doing it and somebody else, can articulate, and it just looks like it's going to be more structured, you can go with a person that's more fun, right? And so I think the important thing in life is within a short period of time to articulate your your purpose and your playground you play in. Um, so mine, I call it a CPOP. I mentioned this before. That's having clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, mine. Uh, this is one of those things it's always hard to do for yourself. Um, I've done this a thousand times with other people. It's amazing. Um, So mine at the moment, because what I've done post the publishing company and credibility is focused more on executive coaching. So I have a membership community. We focus on credibility and executive coaching gives me the opportunity to work with high level CEOs where we're not only affecting the CEO, but also, uh, those people that work directly for them and inside the rest of the company. So it's a very leveraged way to go. So for me, current CPOP, CEOs who fly like eagles. And I'm going to stop right there. CEOs who fly like eagles. Now, when you share your CPOP, the most obvious thing, if you're in that world or you're or. Re, you know you're the CEO who, I think I fly like an eagle. What do you mean? Or, you know I've got a I've got a, a spouse or a family member or one of my best friends, was talking about how slow things were. Uh, Mitchell, what do you do? Right. So I'm okay with CEOs that fly like eagles because I want to tell me more. Where within a minute, I'll then talk about it. And the reason I use the word ego e. Eagle, because that's a five-letter acronym that makes it easy for me to explain what I do. And so I'll walk through each of those. And so I I would say the, the cool part about having clarity is if you're talking to somebody and they think you did one thing, but you do something else, and you could quickly shake hands, at least on the business, and focus on maybe something else that you might be working on, um or family stuff or friends like you, it, it's just so much easier to, to be very clearly articulate on who you are and what you do so that people can not only uh, decide that they want to um, hire you if you're a good good fit, but more importantly, that you make it easy for people to recommend you. And that's probably the most important part of having clarity is being able to communicate with people who could recommend you. And that. By the way, not only that pays everybody respect because they're adding value to everyone in their community.
0: I want to go back to something that you said that you've done a thousand or more of these pops. How do you go about creating one?
1: So, cool. Thank, thank you for that's a cool question. So. First, I'm going to give the, 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 it's hard not to be asked that question without saying, I do have a one hour CPOP course. um, And it's part of those that join Credibility Nation or part of the Ultimate Credibility Bootcamp. Whenever I can get somebody in there, I'd like them to do it. We charge outside, but then I try to bundle it into other products because I want people to take the course. It is only an hour and it will completely change your mindset. So, for me personally, when I think about a CPOP, I'll deconstruct it for you. And the best way to think about it is who do you serve? So it's it's a two-part, it's a it it it's by the way, technically pops are really simple. What I could tell you it is even after people take the one-hour course, we have so much marketing cookie cutter stuff drilled into our head. It is absolutely not easy to do, even after you spend time doing it. So having a Having somebody who can help support you and move you in that right direction. So there are two pieces of it. First one is who do you serve? You want to be as specific and focused as you can. Um, a good example, a lot of times people say, well, I, I I only serve this age group. Great. Men or women? I only serve women of this age group. Great. Does the age group have a name? So if it's, a, let's say millennials, I only, search, so the way that would be is millennial women, right? Um, for me, CEOs, I'm pretty broad. Typically, if I wanted to really clarify, it's mostly CEOs between five and a hundred million. But I, I, I have uh, spoken with both sides of both above and below. So I don't put a, a, quality on it. But the more detailed you can get, the better. The second part of the equation is, uh, do you want to do yours, by the way? Happy to focus on your CPAP if you're interested. If if we have time, let me know. Um, Okay. the, um, The second part is either the pain point that you're addressing, right? So it could be, a good publish. Let me think of a good publishing one. Uh, the one I typically use as a publisher, uh, professionals wanting book credibility, right? Because it's, 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 it's pretty broad professionals. And then when I say wanting book credibility, that happens to be the pleasure point they want. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's either the pain point or a pleasure point. Um, the uh, it, it, And if you can get it down to five words or less, uh, 10 words, 10 words is fine. Uh, But if you get it down to five words or less, you are so amazingly memorable. So do you want to play with yours? You open to that?
0: Uh, We don't have time. Uh, Yeah, we're we're running a little shy on time. So let's get another time.
1: I would love that. Um, Offer offer, uh, open-ended for you.
0: Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, I'm not sure how to phrase this next. I'm wondering if there's a way to quantify credibility, if there's a like a return on investment or or some way that you've come up with that can impress people that this is this is important stuff. There's real value in making sure that you're meeting all of these values and and you have your CPOP and all the other components.
1: You know, it was so funny when I first uh, when I first finished I was so excited about this master key that I unlocked. What I unlocked was the more credible you are to others, the more humane you are to others. And so that's where the title of the TED Talk came from. We are losing our humanity and I'm tired of watching it happen. So the first person who asked me the ROI of credibility, the only answer I could come up with was, well, what's the ROI of of drinking clean water or breathing fresh air? You know, and... You know, it's funny. I was talking to someone this morning whose parents used a paint when they were younger, used a paint to paint her room that was supposed to be used outdoors only because of very colorful, very bright paint. And it was in the olden days where they hadn't checked whether or not there was lead inside the paint. And she ended up almost dying and having significant fits of health. And doctors could never figure out what it was until they moved. Houses, huh. right? So, what's the ROI of not using bad paint inside? In this case, life or death. It's harder with credibility. I don't know if I have the answer. I've I've got uh, assessment tools people could take. I it, it's the the hard part most people have with the construct is what's the ROI of having people inside your company and your partnership network recommend others? Well, there is one, but it's not as quantifiable, right? If you're living, we all know the Zappos story, amazing customer service produced really good ROI, but it wasn't quantified. It was just, so the same thing I'll see, if you are a good person, if there are two publishers and one's a good person and one is a shyster, that level of credibility it's it's almost obvious. But sometimes it's not always obvious, right? and And so you if you're in the world where you're where you're credible, so I I don't by the way, I'm still saying I don't know if I know the answer to your question. I wish I could figure that out a hundred percent. So that'll be something I continue to to work on. We it's not as simple as a credit score right? Which is based on past performance. Right, And I believe as tools move forward and maybe the next generation of artificial intelligence will make it easier for us to, to correlate all existing relationships with other people, right? And because and, what we're talking about in credibility is what if two siblings end up doing something, but they one lies to the other? Well, that's lack of credibility. Now, do I want somebody who in my business who does that? Probably not, but what's the ROI of of that? And so I, I did a little bit of dancing on this because I don't know if I know the true answer of a specific number, which is how we think about ROI. Now, if you want to think about it on the qualitative side, to have, if you're running a company, to have all your employees love you, to work harder, to want to be part of you, to want to recommend you to others, even though it's not their job, to have your partners to be able to want to bring in other people because they just love the culture and they love not just what you as CEO says, but what the people inside your companies are actually doing. Whether or not you can put a price tag on that. Uh, anyone who has kids, when they bring their kids into work and everybody says, and really means what a cool person or what a great company, like, that's a great ROI but I haven't quantified that yet. And I'm open to if somebody wants to play in that space with me, I am open.
0: Okay, great. Uh, Well, we're running a little short on time. I wanted to uh, jump to the gift that you have graciously offered for the viewers of this episode. Um, You've called it Living Your Values. And it's an infographic. Can you tell us a little bit more about this, this gift?
1: So one of, the, one of the products that came out of the credibility research is something we do called the Ultimate Credibility Bootcamp. It's a virtual event. What we do, Judy, as soon as you hear this, you go, oh, that seems too simple. It really is not easy, but simple. So once you know your CPOP, so as part of the bootcamp, you go through the CPOP course. And once you know your CPOP, we spend primarily the first day allowing you to live in the values of you. Allowing you to show up, whether it's physically or whether it's on a, a Zoom call like this, show up in such a way where people feel your energy, that they, they know you're excited, that they, they know that this is who, what you do, that they know that they would be happy recommending you to others. Now, on day two, we reinforce the recommendation. On day two, we reinforce how you show up asynchronously. Because if I get recommended to somebody, the first thing I'm doing is googling their name or looking at their LinkedIn profile. and I'm going to see how they show up there. Is that consistent with what I was told? And are there other testimonials that, that look at? So as we're teaching and interacting and engaging and learning from those in the audience, we are when we end, when we reach the end of each module, We end up asking questions, getting people prompted, and helping them understand how they can continue doing this moving forward. So these summaries, in essence, of all of these things that we do, we put into an infographic. So it's easy for the person taking the Ultimate Credibility Bootcamp, we make it easy for them to remind themselves what to do on a continuous basis. And so that's what this gift is. It's a one page infographic that will walk you through all the elements of all, all the, the values that are appropriate and the questions you should be asking yourself, which in turn should prompt action. It's a it's a cool gift. It's it's a real nice Great. byproduct of thousands of hours of work.
0: Wow. Excellent. And how can people access this gift?
1: So the URL that I that I use so you know obviously https the URL that I use is aha.pub so aha.pub and then put in a slash and then it's living your values-gift so it's exactly how it sounds living your values-gift
0: excellent Great. Thank you so much. And we'll put this in the, the show notes as well, but I really appreciate this gift that you're offering. It sounds awesome.
1: Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Now, it is. And love to hear feedback from people as they as they go through it and stories of, of what it prompted.
0: Now, you mentioned your Ultimate Credibility Bootcamp. Do you have one coming up?
1: We do. I often don't give dates, but I'm happy to. Um, we we do this every quarter um the current one are you live soon for this should i give you the march dates yes perfect so it's march second and third and uh but then it's june it's typically a friday saturday so we capture one one work day one weekend day and my promise to anyone is you will be transformed if you participate in this. It is difficult not to have. Now, sometimes this is good for people, sometimes not. Um, it all everything we hear is, is so. You, you're only shown how to tie your shoes once. You're you're shown how to brush your teeth to avoid cavities once. Not that we we continually tie our shoes or brush our teeth properly. You're shown all the fundamental elements of credibility, including the simple ones of how to be likable. Um, and we walk people through it. It'll really transform how you show up. People will notice difference afterwards. Interesting. And so you that one is is um, it's actually ultimate credibility bootcamp.com.
0: Okay, That makes it easy. Well, Mitchell, thank you so much for being here today and sharing so much of your wisdom about credibility. It's it's a fascinating topic.
1: Well, thanks. Well, my pleasure. I I appreciate you having me, Judy, and uh, and once again spreading my cred dust. I appreciate it, and thank you for the stuff you do. You're working with with one of my friends right now, and and you're doing a great job. So thank you.
0: Ah, well, you're most welcome. Now. If people wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to do that?
1: Uh, the easiest is probably just um, my name. So it's uh, There's You could book time on the calendar. Uh, it'll direct you to my LinkedIn profile. I'm most active on social media. I'm most active on LinkedIn. Uh, but com will have all the all the assets and information that you need, including, like I said, booking time on my calendar.
0: Excellent. Thanks again so much for being with us on the Skillbite show.
1: You're welcome. Thanks, Judy. Take care now. Take care, everyone.